welcome to Leo Roundtable. Uh, my name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues and the news, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go ahead and introduce the panel. Guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, uh, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor, Ward Mythaller, and also all retired this evening. We have Chief John Newman. Uh, we have Lieutenant Bob Kroll, uh, Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer uh, and Instagram sensation, uh, Ashley Smith, yes. And we have producer Will Stature, and we're gonna be joined uh, shortly uh, by another Lieutenant. You probably have heard of him, Randy Sutton from uh, Las Vegas Metro. Um, so uh, thanks guys for being on the show. Uh, appreciate you all helping make this thing happen. Uh, a uh, shout out to our sponsors. Um, and uh, we've got a good list. Uh, we've got Galls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, uh, TacTote.com, and we are powered by Bang Energy. So thanks to those entities. Uh, another uh, great lineup, like I said, uh, you know, we're going to start off our first main topic. We're taking it from the New York Post. It's titled, Child Hits and Swears at Cop in a Heartbreaking Video from Minnesota. <laughs> So, Bob, this is the one I was trying to remember where I saw the the uh, where I thought I saw the uh, the Minneapolis cop. Um, and, uh, look, this thing's gotten viral. I, I wanted to talk about it, but I really want to talk about the deep message here. Um, the underlying issues on why, why this is even happening. So reading from this article, the story, I thought it was pretty well, uh, written for, you know, New York post, uh, shocking video footage has emerged of a young child repeatedly hitting a Minnesota cop who was there to arrest a murder suspect, calling the officer a B-I-T-C-H and telling his colleague to shut the F up. The clip was released by Alpha News, and it was filmed in St. Paul, a city that's uh, had widespread rioting during the, uh, you know, George Floyd, uh, Derek Chauvin thing, and uh, and also during the uh, Dante Wright uh, thing. Uh, so the kid goes on to say, shut up, B-I-T-C-H, and he's screaming this, and uh, who appeared to be only a few years old and wearing just underwear while standing in the street with an even younger child in a diaper standing just behind him. Uh, then this kid str uh, strode up or, or, you know, walked up and hit one of the officers and the saying, shut up, same, you know, uh, words again and shut the F up again. The kid screams at the other officer who's wearing a ATF vest, uh, telling him that his work boots or those ugly blank church shoes. So the youngster hits one of the cops at least three more times in the 30 second clip, even as the officers who are pretty calm throughout the, uh, the whole scene, they start walking away. So one bystander uh, can be heard encouraging the children and calling out that one of the officers was an Oreo head, which means a, you know, black cop that's acting like a white cop, you know, he's, he's, you've been, you know, influenced by the white society. The 30 second clip was just part of two minutes of footage during which the kids also threw rocks at the cops, according to the Alpha News. The independent Minnesota news outlet said that it was uh, filmed while officers were trying to execute a search warrant for a murder suspect without elaborating. The video uh, is disgraceful and heartbreaking, according to Alpha News, Sheila Walls. And she also wrote the behavior of the children is eerily similar to the behaviors of writers who burned and looted Minneapolis two years ago. She said that it is unsettling the law enforcement officers who encounter this behavior daily. It should be frightening to all of us. So um, I, I guess my first question, uh, Bob, I know hopefully you, you're not having the mic issues anymore, but I'm wondering, are these Minneapolis um, cops that we're looking at in the video? 
I just want to point out the fact that uh, those police officers conducted themselves with poise and class that entire time for being hit multiple times, being sworn at multiple times, walking away, and the crowd literally encouraging those children to do that. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, what you say, though, I mean, we've got, you know, parents that are, you know, I mean, look, these kids are, I hate to say they're they're being raped. It kind of reminds me of the, of the Muslim community um, across, you know, on the other side of the world where they're raising their kids that are from a very early age, you know, to hate Americans and to, uh, you know, I mean, they're whispered in their ears from birth, you know, and, uh, and these kids are growing up being, you know, they're, they're, they're actually grooming, you know, criminals, you know, and they're growing to hate cops. I mean, you know, the, you know, what, what do we have to look forward to the future? What's that say about our society today? You know, unfortunately, Chip, I mean, you're right, but, but this, this is not a, uh, a new thing. I mean, it, I can remember this going on when I was in patrol uh, in, in certain parts of the city or in uh, housing project areas or whatnot. And uh, the unfortunate reality is, is it's a learned behavior. I mean, it's very simple. It's, it's parenting and the influencing that the influences that they're getting from their relatives and, and other adults, if you want to call them that around them. So it's, it's a learned behavior and, and, and that just speaks to the other, the people that are raising them or supposedly raising them if they're out in the street in diapers and underwear. I, I don't know how far that is or how far that goes as far as raising children correctly, but be that as it may, it's, 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 it's that it's been going on for as long as I can remember, right? We saw it not a lot, but we saw it. So it's, you know, prison people, parents that get out of prison that uh despise law enforcement that despise the criminal justice system it's 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 been around it's, it's nothing new disgusting but nothing new thanks guys, david back in you think yes, okay i finally worked it out sorry about that um yeah. but no it happened it's interesting because my wife was a reporter with alpha news at the independent uh news outlet that broke that story so i saw it very early on and it was minneapolis cops uh swat guys executing a warrant in saint paul but i could hear you guys i agree with everything that's happened it's been going on for years it's uh it's upbringing comes right down to that but it was it was strange to have it caught on camera at home and 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 you well you know bob um and i know you like to be called lieutenant bob but uh <laughs> i'm joking to our i'm joking to our uh, our listeners but uh you know a lot of people associate you know, you know, a lot of the, the black on black crime is, let's face it, in, in a lot of these uh, communities, uh, the biggest issue is the black on black crime. It's it's not, you know, white police officers killing blacks. It's the black on black crime. And it, it's not any different in in, in sections of uh, St. Paul, and Minneapolis. So these guys are going in after a murder suspect. And we've got these young black kids in diapers uh, that are being uh, raised and trained. I mean, there's no other way that they would be doing that. They're hitting and throwing rocks at police officers in uniform. Um, you know, it just, uh, the public, I, I guess what's made this, this video so sensational and viral is that the public doesn't often get to see stuff like this. And it just was a huge wake up call to America. I see John nodding his head, chief John. No, Chip, I was going to say the same thing. There's always been a, um, you know, there's always been those, you know, things that you're going to catch that we have always seen in you come home, you tell a story, and family members and friends are like, oh, no way that happened, right? Not with body-worn body cameras anymore. So some of the, you know, things that we see or the interactions that we have as simple as what you're seeing in that video are being brought to light. And I'm, 
I would venture to say a lot of people would not believe those things happen if they didn't get to see it in that video. And I think that goes for the average person that thinks they might know a lot about police work because they watch Law and Order and you know <laughs> cops reload and they know everything. And all of a sudden they see a video like that and they can't believe how young folks are being told how bad police officers are. Could you imagine being any person of authority for those kids in the next five or six years? Teachers, any adult, right? But it's specifically law enforcement. Um, and it'll be an eye opener for the average person now that you're having more and more, you know, body cameras exposing more and more of the things that we would only see and try to come home and explain it. And people never believe that it happened. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's not just one or two kids and, uh, you know, in, in St. Paul, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a sampling of what the culture, what we're, what we're producing today. So yeah, it's scary. So, um, I see, I, I noticed that when you said you're talking about people watching cop shows and that, that that's the only, you know, um, outlet they get, you know, to actually learn about police work. And when you mentioned cops, I saw Randy Sutton's face light up, you know, because he's, but the most uh, watched cop on the series cops in the, you know, and I think in the history of the, uh, of the program. So uh, welcome to the show, Randy. I, I told our listeners that you're going to be popping in um, in a little emergency there, but uh, look guys, uh, we got some more stuff, but Randy, did you want to weigh on this uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, the, uh, the uh, black kids that were attacking the, uh, the cops? The only thing I'm going to say is that um, maybe 13 or 14 years from now, when when he is a full fledged gang punk, and and the and the cops wind up icing him, uh, there's going to be all kinds of outcry that uh, that he's an innocent uh, an innocent victim. Do I sound jaded? <laughs> well, you know, we always say, you know, in police work, the bad guys are always eighteen to twenty one. You know, that really never changes. You know, so that's why as you get older in police work, you know. You, you know, in the 20s, you know, you need those 20, you know, 30 year old cops that are out there grinding, chasing, jumping fences and stuff. You need that. And you, you should really never stop trying to do that. But as you get older and you maybe can't do the same things that you always could do or you're a detective or whatever or sergeant, you know, you need those grunt level officers that are capable and they're just hungry and they've got that fight. Kind of like kind of like David wakes up with every morning, you know, when he eats his Wheaties. So um, is there a, is there anybody else on this? If there's uh, not, we'll jump to our next topic. I think that we've got a, uh, a good update um, coming up on this next one here. So, um, yes, this is on policemag.com, Police Tribune, and also Police One. And um, it's, it's talking about the Uvalde uh, school shooting, but we've got some updates. I, I didn't have any for the last show, but we definitely have several uh, for this one. Um, I see that I've only got about um, not many seconds, about 30 seconds before our first commercial break. So I'm going to get through as many as I can, but we've got um, an alert assessment of Uvalde school shooting provides detailed timeline of a police response. So this thing is detailed. I'm not going to go through it on the show, uh, but producer Will will put it up um, under uh, tomorrow's video. So you'll be able to see it on Tuesday's video, the segment video that we'll be talking about in a few minutes. And I'm going to go and take a break and talk about the rest of these school shooting updates. So we will be right back. You know, each year, the NAUMD Awards, they recognize the highest achievements in the uniform industry and Gaul's customers have impressively won 
five 2022 NAUMD awards. There's four best dressed safety awards, one image of the year award. Gall is also partnered with Smith and Warren for a shared win. So these all prove that once again, no one else in the uniform industry can match their expertise. If your department is not in a uniform program at Gall's, you should be. So Gall's has been doing this for more than 50 years, coast to coast. They partner with the most trusted brands and they're powered, powered by technology that's built to make it easier than ever for you to get the gear that you need. So, you know, you deserve the best customer service as Gauls is committed to delivering nothing less. So Gauls relentlessly serves every order and every call with a smiling hello. When so many things have been stacked against law enforcement, Gauls is there to lift law enforcement back up to its rightful place of honor. So it's time for you to experience the new Gauls and that's at Gauls.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Um, and, you know, I, I'm hoping when I get done with this, the Chief Newman might be able to provide some insight on some of this. But I just mentioned that uh, there's been a, a report that provides a detailed timeline of the police response involving the school shooting in Texas. And then Alert finds that three missed opportunities uh, existed that could have stopped the Uvalde school shooting. Uh, so I will read a little bit of highlights on that. It says the Texas Department of Public Safety asked the advanced Law Enforcement Rapid Response, that's what ALERT stands for, that center to assess the law enforcement response. So they did a 26-page report titled the Robb Elementary School Attack Response Assessment and Recommendations. They identified three key issues before the gunman entered the school the day of the shooting. So the first one was the unlocked door that we've all heard about. The gunman used that door to enter the school. The report confirmed that a teacher, and it was a female, had propped a door open with a rock and noted that there were several painted rocks outside multiple school doors, which gave gave them uh, the sense that it was a common practice to prop open school doors with these colored rocks. So, however, when the teacher returned inside the school, she moved the rock and she closed the door. Uh, now, after the teacher closed the door, she did not check to see if the door was locked. She was actually in panic mode. You would think that she, you know, with the guy approaching with the gun because he had already been firing rounds that she would have done it, but she didn't. So perhaps this was because the door was usually locked. Uh, but on this day, the door was not automatically locked. So uh, the attacker was able to immediately access the building. And this is what it was in the report. So the second missed opportunity uh, was one of the first responding officers of the Uvalde Con Consolidated Independent School District. Uh, that officer drove through the west parking lot where the shooter was hiding. And they said that the officer would have driven more slowly and had parked his car at the edge of the school property and approached on foot. He might have seen the suspect and been able to engage him before he entered the building. Um, he was like you know, walking to the parking lot between cars, that kind of stuff. The third opportunity, an officer saw the armed man. Now listen to this. There's an officer sees the armed guy at the school. He didn't fire. So according uh, to the report, Uvalde police department officer was at the nearby crash site where a bad guy crashed his car before he got out and shot at a couple guys coming out of like a, uh, a, uh, what was it? A, uh, not a mortuary, but a, a, um, um, what are those, uh, funeral home. Thank you. Funeral home. I, I love it when the chief's there to back me up. So the guy's there and he actually sights in. He sees the shot, shots fired at individuals nearby. This bad guy walks to school. He sees the gunman armed and walking outside the school. And the report says the officer was armed with a rifle. He sighted in to actually shoot the attacker. However, before shooting, which he never did, he asked his supervisor for permission to shoot. So the officer did not hear a response on radio, turned to get confirmation from a supervisor, I guess. And when he turned back to address the subject, uh, the suspect had already entered the school. So he missed that opportunity. And our cop was approximately 148 yards away from that door. Now he had a, um, a rifle. I'm assuming it was an AR. Well, that's like a 
400, you know, a meter accuracy range. So that's, you know, more than twice this distance, although the cop may not have trained for that distance. So there's some other details on this. Um, other headlines, uh, TX Media releases surveillance video showing police response to the school shooting, talks about the uh, cop that was checking his, his uh, phone during the shooting, was waiting for a message from his wounded wife. And the video showed the gunman was shooting in the classroom as cops waited in the hallway. The mayor said the claims the cop missed an opportunity to shoot the gunman, that they're totally false. So mayor better look at this report. And it's Mayor Don McLaughlin. Um, and then the mayor accuses the DPS of orchestrating a cover-up of the school shooting investigation. And, of course, he's blaming the Texas Department of Public Safety. And the uh, the uh, Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Chief is Pete Arundondo. And it also says Uvalde Police Lieutenant uh, placed on leave after the report faults the school shooting response. Now, this was released today on Police One. The city will investigate whether Lieutenant uh, Mariano Pargas was responsible for taking command and what specific actions he took to establish that command. It says that he was acting chief of the city police department on May 24th when this thing went down. The police chief of the school's, school's district police department, he's also on leave and has been largely blamed for the delay in confronting the shooter. So, look, that's all the headlines. That's what we have. Uh, Randy, I get... Randy or John, you both have open mics. Either one of you guys. Randy, go ahead. Minutes. I just wanted to say, I just read another report that counter um, counteracted the uh, the one about the officer first seeing the suspect and asking for permission to shoot. I just read right. that. I just read that that was not accurate. So we're still getting misinformation here. I don't. I honestly don't know what to believe here. Well, I, I, Randy, I think you bring up a good point, Chip. This is the, uh, the report that Point. came out last night, right? This is the alert report. First of all, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but the mayor makes a good point. You have six total, six, count them, six unified school district employees that cover nine schools. So there's never a one-to-one -one ratio. There are a few hundred, I think 397 officers that respond, Texas DPS being one of those. Why are they part of the investigation? When you look like what happened at Parkland, FDLE did the investigation. They didn't have anyone down there involved in the shooting. So you have to wonder because what came out in the alert about the guy sighting in, it was the gym teacher. It wasn't even the shooter. And he never asked permission. So you have this one official one that came out from Texas.gov that the legislation sponsored. And then you had the one from alert that put together a lot of different witness statements. And then you still have the investigation going on. But my question is, where is the independent third party? Parkland had the commission that had five from the Senate, five from the House, five at-large people that were law enforcement, Alan Petty, Max Schachter, family parents of whose kids were killed. By the way, seven and a half hours of testimony today, live streaming the, uh, the shooter of Parkland, his sentencing phase. Those parents had to go through that tragedy all over again in the opening statements. It was horrible to listen, but I listened to every minute of it. I watched all 77 minutes of the video. Here's another thing that kind of irritates me. The one cop who opens up his app with the Punisher, that's his wife is getting shot. He's the one that's relieved the duty. Another Border Patrol officer is there. His kid is in one of those classrooms. The one guy that went and got hand sanitizer, he's part of the medical team. that they're, They've already had the shooting. They're getting to go into triage. So he grabs hand sanitizer because they're about to put their hands on kids and adults that have been shot. So there's so much stuff that has taken off and has gotten its own life. Like Randy said, you don't know what to believe. Where is the independent third party that has no skin in the game? That's the one we should all believe. But all those myths, yes, they 
the teacher did chalk the door with colored rocks. But the video before he, the shooter walks in shows her closing it. That means the door was never locked. 111, either there is some folks that said there was a maintenance request for him to get that door fixed, and some say it didn't exist. Thanks, Chief. Um, guys, uh, David, hold that thought. We're going to take another commercial break. We'll be right back. So let's talk about industry leader and technology solutions for law enforcement is Guardian Alliance Technologies. Their software will cut background investigators' time in half. Now, we all know there's a call for more accountability in hiring and selecting who gets to wear the badge. And with Guardian, they've developed a CGIS-compliant background investigative software platform that helps weed out problematic applicants in record time. And with Guardian, the entire background check process, it's more comprehensive, but it's also much faster for both the agency and the applicants. There's no upfront fees or long-term commitments, so I strongly recommend that you visit them today at guardianalliancetechnologies.com. Also, Let's talk about Medicare at mymedicare.live. You know, Medicare insurance options, there's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County, Florida alone, which is where I'm at. The benefits, they can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact mymedicare.live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the, in the uh, Tampa Bay area of Florida. And talk to James or Bobby. Meet them in person. Um, talk to them about saving money on your medication co-pays. Find the plans that your doctors actually accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, area code 813-245-6656 or mymedicare.live. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Chief, the floor is back to you. Yeah, let, let me finish. It, it fires me up. But I'll tell you what. I just left the uh, National Association for School Resource out in Colorado, you know, eight days ago where I got to speak there, right? There are school districts, there are superintendents there that are wrestling with their board, your school boards as to whether they want to have fences, whether they want to have a cop at a campus. And here we are picking on a six-man department, like they're supposed to know everything. In the beginning of the Parkland Commission, they came out, right? The commission report said it found that education didn't have a sense of urgency about school safety. And let's face it, we, I work with educators. It's not what they signed up for, you know, hardening a building, you know, all that kind of stuff. And yet that's the same preface that you're going to find in the uh, the Texas uh, uh, report on the Uvalde shooting, that there were systematic failures and an attitude of noncompliance. Yes, the, 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 door, the rock that apparently kept that door open was removed, but the door was never locked. There was some argument as to room 111, which, by the way, the shooter went to fourth grade there. He walks in that door, passes by room 116, doesn't go in, makes a hard right like he knows where he's going, and turns into room 111 and shoots about 100 rounds off in room 111. Some folks say the door wasn't locked. Some say the door mechanism was broke. And there's some argument now about a maintenance request being put in there. Across the hall, the teacher says she sees the teacher in 112 lock the door, yet the bad guy is able to get into 112, which is side by side by 111. I want to see the criminal investigation. That's what I want to see. Now, the difference is the shooter in Parkland is still alive. The shooter in Santa Fe is still alive. The shooter in Oxford High School is still alive. So there's jurisprudence attached to this and a big value on evidence and an impartial um, collection of information for the court of law. Here we don't have that because the bastard, he, he got what he had coming, right? And he didn't get enough of it, be honest with you. So what I'm upset about is you had a chief like we talked about a few weeks ago, Dave, he considered a barricaded subject and they stopped, they stacked, and they waited to go. 
when they had every opportunity to get this guy on his heels. We can talk about that. That's legitimate. But the only person to blame right now is the piece of crap that's sitting in a body bag at some ME's office that did horrible things to a bunch of 10-year-olds that no one should ever have to see. And the reports are so different that I'm like, I couldn't agree more with Randy. We're going to have to wait to see how this plays out. So many people's hands are in the, you know, the pie. You know, before the show started, Ash and I are talking about, we, we now live in, in districts that we have to have armed guys at every campus, right? Well, I'm not sure why that didn't happen in Texas. Three months after Parkland, they dealt with Santa Fe. That shooter took eight lives of students and two, um, two teachers and critically wounded a police officer that engaged that shooter within two minutes, right? Now, why are we not having a student, uh, an armed asset at every campus? Why are we having nothing less than four-foot perimeter fence? Where's the target hardening? So there's a lot to be vetted out, but I'm, I'm disappointed at the finger pointing down there right now because I still don't think we have the facts. And I'm sorry I talked too much. No, nah, you have his quality stuff. Excellent, Chief John. Yeah, uh, I was going to mute my mic. I, I, there's no way I'm following that at all. Uh, <laughs> the only, again, because the, the Chief touched on everything that, that the, the, the nuances of it, the finger pointing, people trying to save their jobs and save their, their, their political lives. Now they're doing this down there. And until there's a, there is that third party uninvolved neutral uh, organization that comes in there, takes all the crap, weeds through it all and gets the actual facts about what happened, man, we, we just got to sit and wait for that. Unfortunately, the reality is that, um, you know, I like like Randy said, I just saw a report that that put a lot of blame on the school district, the school itself that was kind of like, well, you know, you don't really have to lock the doors if you don't want to. It's, you know, because the substitute teachers are coming in, they don't have a key, so just leave it unlocked. And so there was this tacit going along of not securing the school the way they had already put rules or procedures in place to do so. But it's that it's never going to happen here kind of attitude, which I don't mind that teachers have that innocence. But today, that's got to change, unfortunately. You know, and Dave, another thing they're not talking about, and I don't mind, I don't want to hog up the show, are the number of bailouts from illegal immigrants coming over the lot. They were get them in, in vehicle pursuits, and they would bail out. And it seems that that school district only had one protocol, which was lockdown. So they, the bailouts and that the, the subsequent lockdown, because they don't know what the intentions of these folks that are coming across the border, bailing out of cars, running everywhere. They don't know what their intentions are. They put the school in a lockdown. Well, after a while, that became white noise. Has anyone seen that anywhere in the media? And not, no one's talking about it. Because after a while, guys, you start screaming wolf, no one's listening. They had over 50 cases of bailouts in the last two months. And the bailouts became, and they put the school in a lockdown. Oh, it's just another car. They're chasing a bunch of illegals. And after a while, it, they became numb to it. And I think that caught them on their heels. Put all that in a blender. That's what you got. While we're on this subject, um, who who killed this guy? Do we have any idea who Border actually? Patrol. Have, have Patrol. you? Well, I, now I've been hearing other things now. So you haven't heard much about this at all. I want to know who killed him, how they killed him, and did they? Did they uh, take this action on their own, or did somebody tell, give them the green light 
Nobody's talking about this. I want to know this. This is this is critical information, and it's they're not, not being sharing that in any of the reports. I know. Get any details like that whatsoever? So I then, know. why even publish the reports, right? So I heard, and and again, there's so many things that are going on right now. I heard that that border patrol agent came forward to say I did not shoot that this person. And I was headed to the school for some other reason than I heard it. So I can't, I can always carry my vest and my duty gear. And I put my duty gear on to help assist. That was the first border patrol officer. The guy that was, that was, that originally they said he grabbed a shotgun from the barber shop and went in there and killed the guy. Yeah. He said that didn't happen, but we're not hearing the accurate story about the, about the conclusion of this. And I would like There's to know why. Randy, they say in the report that it was a BORTAC unit that made entry and neutralized them. They spe- now, they don't mention the number of people on the BORTAC report, um, nothing like that at all. But it says, uh, when a BORTAC-led stack finally made entry into the classrooms, saw the movement of a dozen of officers from the variety, and eventually breached their, the, um, the classroom. So it was a BORTAC unit. That's all they say. And that's from the state report. Well, that's more than that's more than I heard before. But did they? How did they breach the door? Was it locked? Was it same, unlocked? I, I know, I know. This is there's more questions than there are answers at this moment. And 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 you know, this piecemealing of this information undermines the credibility of this investigation. And this is the last thing that law enforcement needs right now is an undermining of credibility because this was a cluster <laughs> we have we have tamed the beast obviously because randy held back <laughs> so thanks thanks lieutenant thanks to the panelists for making this a great show uh appreciate having uh, uh lieutenant bob kroll and officer ashley smith on the show again uh, and don't forget about the wounded blue uh for support them and also a shout out to MBS for supporting the show. Thanks so much, uh, Mike, for uh, for doing that. Also, our sponsors, Gulls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, TAC-Tote.com, and Bang Energy. Thank you for the fuel. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week.